Thanks. You, you, you can be seated. All, all praise, honor, and glory goes to God. Amen. And, uh, whew, there it is. It's like, am I going to be emotional? I might be for about 30 seconds, and then I got a word to share because uh, a few months back, uh, Elijah asked me if I'd come, and I said, you know, what's the purpose? You know, why? why, why? Uh, because our hearts have been with you since we left. Uh, Cindy and I love you, but we also knew God is doing a new thing. And when he shared with me that there's this transition that, that you're now living in and God is moving in a new way, immediately as I prayed about it, God gave me a sense of a word for today, and it's the phrase a double portion. Can you say that with me? Double a double portion. portion. We're going to dig into what that means, and uh, I pray and believe it's going to encourage you. Now, some of you are like, why is this guy emotional? Like, so what? Like, I just showed up in the last six months. I don't know who he is. Right? You, you don't know me. Your pastor is Pastor Elijah. And uh, can we give him a hand for being who he is? And he, I, I've got to know him on the phone and then over the last couple of days spending some time with him. And uh, I am so blessed to know and to see God's answer to prayer for this next season. He is an incredible man of God, has a great vision. And I really believe that the future of Overflow is incredibly bright. And I'm so glad you're a part of it. Um, now, with that, I want to reintroduce myself and my family because we didn't plant the church alone. So here's a picture of our family. And uh, as you take a look at that, my wife, Cindy, is uh, right next to me. Uh, she has aged better than I have. I, I tell people she's like fine wine. She just keeps getting better. And uh, next to her is my daughter, Hannah. She is 18. She was three when we were called to start planting Overflow. Absolutely amazing, so proud of her. Uh, Dawson is there on the right. I keep telling him I think he's taller than me. In the picture, he looks like it. Uh, he's almost 16 now, and he is really growing up. And then you have Elle, who is nine, Jasmine, who turns nine next Sunday. And uh, so that is our beautiful family. And uh, they would love... Yeah, they... They would love to be here and be with you, but uh, you know, in, we're in Florida now, and school finishes earlier. They're wrapping up school this coming week, so it just didn't make sense uh, for them to be here. Uh, but my daughter, Hannah, so as I said, she's just recently turned 18, and uh, she has, she's doing really well. She has, uh, she's dual enrolled. She's got you know, a couple jobs, and, and she's making her own money, right? And one of the jobs is at a market where they sell high-end meat. And so I had heard about Wagyu steak, right? Oh, come on. Come on. Lord is good. We're going to get some meat out on the table today. Uh, so it comes into my birthday, and she gets a discount. And as I said, she's making her own money. So, so she got me a double portion, 16-ounce Wagyu steak. Check this thing out. Uh, I was so nervous to cook it, so nervous to cook it. Uh, but absolutely amazing. And I got to tell you, there was something about that steak that was different than any other steak I had ever tasted. Um, I'm absolutely ruined by it. Uh, now, now I'm tempted to like order chicken or salmon in steak places because I can't afford the real stuff, you know. And, uh, but I was so blessed by that. And so all of this is leading to this place in the Old Testament. If you'll turn with me uh, in 2 Kings chapter 2, there's a moment. I need to help you understand something because we're going to be looking at some characters in the Bible today. Uh, Elijah and then Elisha. 
okay? And there are two prophets, and if I use those names, I'm talking about the Old Testament prophets. If I say Pastor Elijah, I'm talking about your pastor. Are we clear? That will really help you about 10, 15 minutes from now, okay? All right, so here's what it says. There's this moment in time, and uh, Elisha is talking to Elijah, the prophet. And, And here's actually what he says. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taking from you. So he's getting ready to transition into his next season. Elisha is going to step in to his new season. Elisha says, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. Uh, Again, say double portion. Now, when you hear that, like uh, many of us, you probably think of like exceeding and abundant and and more than, than he had received. But actually what Elisha is quoting and saying comes from the Old Testament law. In Deuteronomy 21 verse 17, it says this, but he shall acknowledge the firstborn, the son of the unloved, by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the first fruits of his strengths, the right of the firstborn is his. So when you hear double portion, and I hear it, we think of something different. Elisha was actually requesting a blessing of the firstborn. And that blessing of the firstborn equals essentially the heir to the prophetic office and gifts of his master. So he's looking at Elijah, and he's saying, I know you're getting ready to transition, and I'd like a double portion. I'd like the blessing of the firstborn. I want to be heir to everything that I've witnessed and watched, everything that's gone before me in form of your ministry. I'm asking that you transfer that blessing and that I can walk in that. Does this make sense? Come on, sir. You can talk back. All right. I know you don't know me, some of you, but you can talk back. Uh, it's all good. So this, interestingly enough, is not Elijah's to give. It's only God's to give that. And so as the story unfolds, it is important to understand that Elijah, Elisha is asking for something that only God can give. Now, again, fully understanding what was the office, what was the ministry, what was the works that Elijah had done. A lot of you are into seasons, you binge watch stuff right through COVID. Anybody? You know you wasted a lot of time. And so there's season one, season two, season three, all of this stuff, right? And one of the things I'm seeing that, that, that I'm often drawn to is the origin stories. Like, how did it all start? And and I think it's important if we're going to look at what Elisha is asking for, that we understand what Elijah had done. So we're going to go back to season one. You ready? All right. We're going to go back to season one because season one, if you turn to 1 Kings 18 and 19, I'll spend time in 19, but I'll, I'll just share with you what happened in 18. So in 1 Kings 18, we see a couple of miracles, major breakthroughs. Uh, and, and this was something that was very common in Elijah's ministry. Uh, Elijah is a prophet that is used by God to change the atmosphere. In the presence of many idols, in the presence of many wicked things, God uses Elijah to change the atmosphere, till the soil, and to break through. 
And in 1 Kings 18, you have one of those moments that plays out. Some of you would know the story, right? You know that there's this showdown. It's this conflict that arises between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And all of the prophets spend all day doing like super weird stuff. Like, have you read your Bible? <laughs> Let's just be open. Like, there's some weird stuff in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's actually within it, like, these moments where they're, like, crying out to God, and they're, like, cutting themselves, and they're trying to get their false gods to bring fire down on this altar. Elijah, he just, I mean, he starts talking smack. Yeah. He's talking back. He's he's making fun of them. He's calling them out. He pours water on the altar. He digs a ditch and fills it with water. And all of these things set up this divine breakthrough and moment where God miraculously sends fire, burns it all up. And then as only the Old Testament can do, they wipe out all the prophets. Like they just slaughter them. And here's Elijah victorious. Okay, now if I go back to season one of Overflow and in the 2007 to maybe 2020 period, you guys, we experienced breakthroughs. We experienced miracles. We experienced things that are absolutely in your DNA. They're in the soil. They're a part of what this is because when we showed up, many said, It's been tried. It's been done. This place will chew you up and spit you out in two years. I made it 14. Okay? By God's grace. And and I need to be clear. By God's grace and a really great wife. All right? Totally. Sydney, Sydney absolutely deserves so much credit for helping us stay and keep and be a part of what God was doing. But the point wasn't, and then I want to make, isn't that we stayed. It's that God has done miracles for this church. It is a testimony to how great God is. There were breakthroughs. There were blessings. This building is a blessing that was miraculously given through another building that was a whole nother story. Look it up if you want. And God moved through all of it. So in that moment, going back to 1 Kings 18, Elijah calls fire down. Then he goes up on a mountain. And he prays for rain, and he prays seven times. Some of you need to keep praying. Just side note there. That's a different message. So he prays seven times, and eventually he sees this little rain cloud forming. And he, he by faith, says, I see it. It's coming. It's going to happen. He warns Ahab. Ahab is the ruler of the day. Ahab is in his chariot. Now, I, I wish that we had like video. You ever wish he, like there are certain things that happened at Overflow when I was here that I am so thankful we didn't have on video. I'm just, I'm just being real. There are other things that you wish, like, man, wouldn't it have been great to watch Elijah in this moment? Because actually Elijah outruns a chariot. Like he hikes up his Man skirt is what he would have been wearing. And he, it's real. And, and he runs and outruns the chariot. The rain comes, another miracle, another breakthrough, another blessing. He outruns a chariot. And then we pick up the story in a moment where breakthrough and blessing also led to heartbreak. And here's the reality. Some of you haven't been through the whole journey. Your season one is just beginning. 
We serve a God that does not promise us everything to be up and to the right like the world wants. We serve a God that says, I'm going to show up on the mountain and in the valley. I'm going to show up in the, the trial and the struggle. You, you may suffer, but, but I'm going to be with you. And so there's a very real moment in 1 Kings 19 that unfolds with Elijah that some of you actually coming out of the pandemic may be actually experiencing some things that you're just like, I, I don't know what to do with the way my heart feels. And we have to be real enough. I really believe that what we reveal, God is able to heal. And that vulnerability, vulnerability leads to victory. Okay? So, so watch what happens here in 1 Kings 19. And we'll pick up the story, verses 1 through 8. It says, Ahab, so he's in the chariot, told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he rose and he ran for his life and he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. Say broom tree. Broom tree. I'll tell you why in a minute. And he asked that he might die saying, it is, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no longer better than my father's. I'm going to pause right there. He is threatened. His heart is breaking. He is fatigued. He is feeling defeated. It is the same guy that called down fire, that prayed for rain. It is the same guy, okay? So, so some of us are people of faith, but you're going through something. And in that something, God wants to show up. And, and what's interesting is that broom tree actually first shows up in Genesis chapter 1. It's actually a, a, a single mom that's going through a struggle. It, it's, a, it's a difficult story in the Bible in Genesis 21 with Hagar and then eventually Ishmael. And, and actually, she is met by God under the broom tree where she is told that El Roy I, the God who sees you, actually sees you and has a plan and a blessing for you. God shows up where there are broken hearts that are open to him. Now, watch what unfolds here because God begins to restore. God begins to move in his life. Verse 5. Uh, by the way, verse 4, did you notice he said, take my life? Y'all, yeah. if you've got mental health, emotions, things going on, do not stay in isolation. Do not stay in isolation. We have to normalize and destigmatize the ability to talk about what we're really going through. And that is a part of coming out of a pandemic. Amen? So verse 5, he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot sto stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There, verse 9, he came to a cave and lodged in it. We'll pick up that in a second. What we see here is God is a God of restoration. God restores. God actually restores physically, 
right? And, and did you notice that, that he took a nap? Yeah. Like, y'all, sometimes you just need a little bit more sleep. Yeah. Like, take your grumpy self to bed, okay? And take a nap. And, and that nap might be exactly what your soul needs, okay? Uh, I think it was Dallas Willard, I'll paraphrase him, the late Dallas Willard, that actually said that sometimes the most holy thing we can do is take a nap. Some of you just got set free. You still got to get up from that nap. You still got to work, okay? Uh, but, but physically, there, there's something going on here. There's also this reality that he eats a meal and then eats another meal. And, and God is showing up in feeding him in a way that's restoring him physically. And then in a moment, you're going to see as he goes into a cave that God also begins to restore him emotionally and spiritually. I don't know what you need today, whether you're online or in person, which by the way, hi, if you're online, I don't know what you need today, but God knows he sees you. He loves you. He wants to restore you from whatever you're coming out of in that first season and what God wants to do next. Now, intimacy with God, the with God life is what we see next. Let me show you. Picking up in verse 9, as I said, he went into a cave and lodged there. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been, by the way, when God asks a question, it's never because he doesn't know the answer. He's leading us to the answer, okay? Uh, He says, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I even only I am left and they seek my life to take it away. Again, what we reveal, God can begin to heal. Doubling down and not being honest about what you're going through doesn't help. And I'm going to just be the first to confess, I learned that the hard way here. Ooh, that's another message. Okay? He says, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after, or I'm sorry, was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake is a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. Yes, you just heard right. There was earth, wind, and fire in the Bible. There's a generation in the room that just went, okay, all right. I see you, okay? Now, what's interesting, I looked up, like, actually, did earth, wind, and fire get their name from the Bible? The answer is no. They got it from an astrology symbol. And actually, what's happening here is when God shows up in the whisper, he's showing that he's over earth, wind, and fire. That anything that happens here on earth, our God is sovereign and over, and he doesn't have to show up. I mean, you can worship and yell and shout and scream and all of those things, and that is a part of your worship, and praise God for that if it is. But God shows up here in this moment in a whisper. Check it out. Verse 13. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him, and it said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covet, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets, and I even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, and this is what any of us need on a daily basis. We need to hear from the Lord. 
Quit trying to Google your way out of problems. Quit trying to YouTube your way out of finding a solution. God speaks and says, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. Jehu, the son of uh, Nimsha, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, here it is, the son of Shaphat of Abel. I'm butchering these names, right? But if I said them with confidence, you wouldn't know the difference. Um, it says, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazul shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. So he starts telling about the season to come. Verse 18 is important. It says, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel. Say 7,000. 7, All right. So here's what happens in this moment. God restores. And then it's like to be continued. Yeah. And, and I grew up in a generation where they didn't just like finish an episode. There was those words on the screen, to be continued. And you sat there going, oh man, I got to wait a whole nother week, right? To see the net. Some of you are so used to just clicking next, right? And, and let, let me just tell you, God is never done till Jesus returns. And, and so it's to be continued. There's more to come. And part of the strategy that God is giving Elisha, Elijah here is, listen, I'm with you. You're going to have this relationship with me. I'm with you. And guess what? There are some others that are going to be with you. He tells them that we're better together. That actually you're going to have somebody named Elisha that's going to join you. And then as they join you and as you guys do this together, guess what? There's also a remnant. You have 7,000 people that are actually around, and I'm going to mobilize them, and I'm going to move them in to the next season. Church, do you see what this could mean? Sometimes we have moments where we're tempted to be in isolation and independent. It's a Western construct, rugged individualism, that was not helped by a pandemic. It was accelerated. That many of us have drifted into isolation. We've gotten really comfortable with it. And yet we serve a God that says, as you're coming now out of a pandemic, I am with you. There's a remnant and you're better together. Let me just show you a visual. I love uh, finding like little visuals and and clips that that, that just kind of illustrate. Let me show you how turtles might understand this better than us sometime. All right, play the video, please. Anybody else feel like that? <laughs> now, now watch what the other turtles do. Oh, come on now. Come on, right? <clears throat> Isn't that a great visual? Yeah. Like we're actually, and, and this is what's happening to Elijah. God is saying, I'm gonna, you, you've been on a roller coaster. You've been upside down. You've been all around. I'm going to turn you right side up. I'm going to meet you and restore you physically and emotionally and spiritually. And as I do that, I'm going to tell you that there's others around you that are supposed to be a part of this. And that has always been God's design. And that's always been the heart that God gave my wife Cindy and I when we planted Overflow is that this would be a church for all people from all walks of life that we're doing life together. 
and I get that we're in a season where everyone, and, and let me just normalize this for you, every church in America is rebuilding right now. Every church in America is rebuilding. And it is to be continued. God is moving his church and his people into a new season. But how we respond in these places, these gaps, these transitions, is really what determines what we experience. And I need to show you, because in 1 Kings 2.9, we had Elisha six years after this moment. We're going to see a moment where Elisha calls Elisha. He says, it's time. And as he does that, there's some things Elisha does that positions him, but it's six years later that he cries out for the double portion. Some of us aren't patient enough, and I'm preaching to myself, all right? Some of you know. You're like, amen, pastor. I actually, I'll share this with you. Uh, at our new church, our tech director caught a few weeks ago, I was sharing the fruit of the Spirit, and I, I wasn't reading it out of the Bible. I was just quoting it quickly, the fruit of the Spirit, and I left out patience. And so between services, uh, they said, hey, uh, I noticed you left out patience with the fruit of the Spirit. They, they, they just had a really fun moment with that. Are you approachable, by the way? Because I, I was approachable between services. And, and it was a funny moment. We sometimes got to be able to lighten up and laugh a little bit and, and be able to hear from each other. That's another message, too. Um, stay focused. Pastor, stay focused. So, so look at how Elisha responds here. 1 Kings 19, in verse 19. It says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and his, cast his cloak upon him, and he left the oxen, and he ran after Elijah. And he said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? Because again, Elijah knows, yes, I can throw the cloak on him. Yes, it can be a symbol of what's coming, but only God can determine if it happens. Yeah. He says, What have I done? He's not sure how God is going to respond. He, verse 21, And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him for six years. It doesn't say that. I'm telling you that. Now, as you look at this, season two, as it's unfolding, cloaks, yokes, and greater works. Won't that preach? Let me explain to you what's happening in each of these spaces. As Elijah throws his cloak on him, he's actually saying that I don't know what God's going to do, but I think you're the one that I'm choosing that God is going to bless. And the cloak symbolized and identified him with the prophet's office and his inheritance, his identity and his inheritance. So that cloak had great symbolism. The yoke actually is he, a couple of things going on there. One is you have Elisha who has 12 yoke, okay? Normal was two, meaning he's very wealthy. Are you tracking with me? He has a great deal, scholars believe, of wealth, or he's involved in a very prosperous farming operation. He actually goes back and takes that and abandons his earthly pursuits, his earthly desires, to now yoke himself 
to somebody else. And here's the hidden meaning that's often in the Bible. There's actually a yoke talked about, we'll get to it in a minute, in the New Testament. That yoke actually has to do with the teaching of a rabbi in the New Testament. Their yoke was the things that they would actually teach. And those things actually meant that when you followed them and applied them, you would become like your rabbi. So he burns one yoke and now puts his yoke around Elijah. Are you with me? Cloaks, yokes, and then a blessing. Here's or greater works. Here's what's interesting. Elijah does go on. Uh, the recorded miracles are about double, actually, that Elisha does compared to what Elijah did. Uh, actually, they are about double, ironically. Now, in that, again, we're talking about the blessing of the firstborn, the continuation of the first season. As this unfolds, these greater works have to do not anymore with changing the atmosphere as much because the atmosphere has been set. People have seen that God is greater than the false gods and the, the lies and the other things. The next season for Elijah has to do with serving the people, saving the people, and seeing healing and life transformation. Hello, church. All right, let me show you just a few of the greater works. Uh, in 2 Kings 2, there was the parting of the Jordan River. This was a powerful moment where he modeled what his uh, mentor had done. Secondly is healing waters of Jericho, that, that he speaks and prophesies, and there are these healing waters that actually deliver people. Thirdly, there's the endless oil for a widow to pay her debts, where actually this provision is just there and he's meeting the needs of the marginalized and as the needs are being met God's getting the glory because that's always the goal I hope is anything that God does he gets the glory amen Amen. the fourth is there's the resurrecting of the son of a woman who is crying out and he actually sees and performs a resurrection there's the purifying of poisonous Uh, stew and the multiplying of bread, providing again for the needs of the people. And it's amazing to watch over the years how God often in season one of overflow would take the little bit we had and multiply it and bless it and amplify it. And I just want to tell you again, if you walk by faith into greater works, God has always answered and always shown up for this church. And I believe he will continue to do that. I believe he will. And so when God begins to when God begins to stir your heart and lay, uh, you know, needs on your heart with things in the church and things out in the community, God is faithful and can do that. And then the miracle that just honestly blows my mind is in Second Corinthians or Second Kings thirteen. It's bringing dead bones to life. They actually bury Elisha, who, uh, by the way, Elijah got a chariot of, and, and went up to heaven. All right, that, man, wouldn't you like to go that way? Like, whoo, that is amazing. Elisha, on the other hand, they think uh, died of a terminal illness. And, and so actually they take his body, they put it in a tomb, not a tomb, but a burial grave. And as they do that, it says that a band of, of bandits uh, actually throw another body on top of Elisha and the spirit of God, the living God, the resurrecting power of God is still on Elisha, and that dead body comes to life. 
oh, that'll preach, right? And, and here's the thing. The blessing of the firstborn is on him. Who is the firstborn? It's Jesus. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do you see the correlations? When Jesus' life is flowing through us, life will come around us. He brings dead things to life. He brings things back. He actually speaks in and does miracles. So I just want to close by encouraging you about Overflow's next season. Because I believe it could be a double portion season. And as we look at that, there's three things, again, that I think we can apply here around this idea of cloaks, yokes, and greater works. That, that what was true for Elisha in season two can be true to, for us because we can walk in the blessing of the firstborn. Now, what the band doesn't know is I still got seven minutes, and I'm going to use all of it. All right? So I'm just warning you. I'm just warning them. Okay? <laughs> we're, we're having fun today, man. It's so good to be back with you. Uh, <laughs> all right. So cloaks. Check this out in Galatians chapter 3. We're going to jump ahead into what could be overflows double portion season. If we respond like Elijah to cloaks, yokes, and greater works, here's what it could look like for us. So the first is, what is the cloak? Galatians 3, uh, verse 26, it says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Do you see the cloak? There's a put on Christ that is throughout the New Testament. Put on Christ, it says. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Hello, church for all people. Amen. Right here, we are reminded, one of my favorite phrases in season one and in my season two now is the foot of the cross is the most level ground. That all of us come to Jesus, sinners in need of a savior, that he levels the ground and he says, you all are mine. You are all one. You all have the same identity in Christ. You are mine first and foremost. And when we begin to walk in that identity, the identity of the firstborn, we experience more and more of his blessing. And notice and don't miss what it says next. It, because often this, we stop at verse 28, but verse 29 is so important. It says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. That promise goes back to Genesis 12. The God of restoration begins a rescue plan and tells Abram, you're going to be the father of many nations. You're going to be a blessing to many nations. So when we are cloaked with what God has for us, we are one in Christ and we have a new inheritance. Amen? Amen. Now, the second piece is the yoke. Let me show you in Matthew 11 what Jesus said in verse 28. Come to me, all who, are labor, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are just done with life because of the pandemic. Come to me, all of you who are just frustrated with the condition of our community and our country. Come to me, all of you who are weary with religion. Come to me, all of you who are, you, you fill in the blanks. It's saying you can come to him. And here's what it says. Take my yoke upon you 
and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Elisha burned 12 yokes. What do you need to burn today and let go of to yoke yourself to Christ and to move forward into his new season for you? And and I'm going to just put this out there. I will love you forever, but you are not yoked to me any longer. You never were. If you were, you missed that from the beginning, we, were, we always said we are a Christ-centered movement, learning to passionately follow Jesus and joyfully serve others. It was always, always, always about being yoked to Christ. That's it. You're going to hitch up with Pastor Elijah for a season. We don't know how long that'll be. His could be 30 years. It could be three but you should be first and foremost following Jesus, yoked to him. And he will give you rest for your soul. He says it's easy to follow him, which doesn't mean it's easy in life, but he's gonna be with you and he's gonna see you through it, amen? So cloaks and yokes, and the last part is greater works. Look at what Jesus said, y'all. This is unbelievable. John 14. Verse 12 through 14. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Elisha entered into a season of greater works. Jesus told us, if we follow him, we will experience greater works. And I got to tell you, I'm already beginning to see it here. I believe that your next and best season will build on what God did, but it's going to be greater works. I don't know if that means size. I don't know if that means scale, but I do know it means the Holy Spirit showing up and doing what only Jesus could do. Because Jesus said, if we call on him, he is faithful. If we call, and here's the thing, your prayer life, if it didn't increase in the pandemic, then now's the time. Because everything we've all been through, if we understand how the double portion works and what Jesus has, he has greater works and it's linked to intimacy with God and our prayer life. That actually your first Monday prayer meeting, y'all should pack that sucker out. Can I say sucker here? I don't know anymore. Okay? Pack it out. Begin to believe and to know that most of what you have seen and heard about the past here, again, wasn't just, it was about Jesus and it was about a God who answered prayer. We learned to pray. We learned to fast. And I'm telling you, you are in this next season. I believe if you'll lean into this, yokes, cloaks, and greater works, he has more for you. I'm going to pray along those lines, and then my time is done. But it is so good to be back in this house and to be with you. You are loved and valued, and I know God has more. I know God has more. So Jesus, right now, you say, come to you. Come to you. You know what season, you know whether they need restoration, you know what each person needs, and you are faithful. Father, I pray that we would cloak ourselves with you, that we would yoke ourselves to you, that greater works would unfold, 
as each and every person calls on your name and follows you. Thank you, Father, for Pastor Elijah. Thank you for the team here. Thank you, God, for the leadership in what you are doing as you lead them into the next season. We do pray for a double portion, the blessing of the firstborn, your son, Jesus, because you have always been the head of overflow. We thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. We pray and believe for miracles, for things that would give you glory, moments of faith that would stretch each and every person into what you have. Replace fear with faith. Replace hurt with your love. We thank you, Lord, for your hand and your help and what you're going to do in this next season. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen.